You're listening to Spotlight On. I'm Bevan Burnell, and today the Spotlight's on Art in Motion of East Hampton, Massachusetts. I'm delighted to have in the studio with me today co-owner of Art in Motion, Noelle St. Jean Chevalier. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I've loved your dancing forever and um, and everything that you've been doing. So I just want to hear about what Art in Motion is up to and what we can see in the community and what's going on. Of course. Um, so Art in Motion was founded by myself and my co-owner, Nicole Zakari in 2020. It is a community-driven dance studio, meaning that we try to put our performances and our focuses on giving back to the community in East Hampton and um, in Western Mass at large. We have two performance divisions in addition to our recreational classes. We have Momentum Performance Company, which is our youth performance troupe, and we also have The Legible Bodies, which is our adult performing group. Our youth performers uh, will tour throughout Western Mass, performing at events from the Paper City Food Festival to their own Picnic with a Purpose, which is a fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund and Dana-Farber Cancer Research. Oh, cool. And um, our company, The Legible Bodies, is a group of adults who've been working in the educational or professional performance industry and dance for a number of years who, for one reason or another, have come to Western Massachusetts and still want the opportunity to perform. So we create original multimedia dance works and we will tour regionally anywhere from New York City to Vermont. That's really cool. I know like being a former dancer, it's usually like when you graduate, you're done, right? You moved on, you go to college, you do your thing and you're not really doing it unless you come back home and you start to work at your dance studio or whatever, or you work at a dance studio. But this is really cool to be able to have like a dance outlet for adults that want to continue with their with their skills and, and performance. It's awesome. So yeah, we've had dancers in the group anywhere from the ages of 18 to 52. So we are a, a diverse group of artists and it's really interesting to see all of those perspectives come together and to create new work. Yeah, that's great. Do you What do you have coming up for performances? Well, we just wrapped on both seasons. So the Art in Motion season concluded with the annual Rite of Passage of the Spring performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also just had a performance in March for the Legible Body. So everybody is regrouping, repurposing, and trying to find our way into next year. We are excited. Um, the studio, in, as part of our community endeavor, we produced two community dance stages, one of which is Cultural Chaos, which just occurred in East Hampton in June. But we also produced the dance showcase for First Night Northampton. So that'll be our first time back on stage, students and adults alike. Oh, that's really great. So just classes will start back up in the late August, early September. Is that what your season is like? Yeah, it's it's a standard season Mm -hmm. where we follow the public school schedule. So we'll open in September. We'll run classes through June and culminate with a big performance. Um, We also do have some summer events going on. We do have summer evening classes and camps as well during the day. It's a great opportunity. We love to see in the summer new students, people who have never experienced dance before, stepping into the studio and coming to have fun with us and spending a day or a week rather, uh, five days exploring dance, creative arts. Um, We have a musical theater camp where we sing and act as well. That's fun. It's a fun summer. That's really great. And how do people find out more information if they're interested in checking out the studio or signing up for a class? We have a website. Okay. (laughs) So artinmotion413.com. We're also very busy and active on social media. Checking out our Facebook and Instagram is a great way to get to know us and our personality a little bit more. Great, great. What styles of dance do you guys specialize in at the dance studio? We offer all styles, um, well, many styles of dance. I won't say all. We offer many styles of dance. We offer ballet, jazz, hip-hop, contemporary, acrobatics. We also offer musical theater. So there's like a musical theater jazz aspect or a theater dance aspect. 
um, to what we offer as well. And then we enjoy bringing in uh, guest artists who will offer even more styles. We've had artists come in to do precision jazz, improvisation techniques, yoga, dance, um, cross training and fitness for dancers, which we think is a very important part of their education as well. We really try to offer a very well-rounded experience. Awesome. Now, I know a lot of dance studios go to competitions. Is that something that your dance studio participates in? We do. In a small aspect, like our company and our focus is on the community, but we do also want to offer the dancers an opportunity to um, perform at an elite level and receive feedback from professionals. And we think that that feedback is important. I'm not concerned, and you can ask my dancers, they always wanna know what their score was, their number score. I don't look at them. I really don't. I listen to the critiques. I listen to what the audience has to say about the work. Sometimes the audience is mom and dad. Sometimes it's a former Broadway artist and everyone has a perspective. And when you perform, you're trying to express yourself and give something of yourself to your audience. And so hearing the feedback from whether it's the family or the professional is what is important to me. And I try to instill that. And so to, um, so does our staff. Yeah. Feedback is super important in dance and theater and just in general in learning, right? Like you get the feedback, you get to improve and then do it better next time. Yeah. And that's the point of the performing arts. We're trying to connect with people. We're trying to make them feel something, to make them have an experience. And so I want these artists to use the skills that they learn in class and take them to express themselves, to learn how to relate to one another as artists and as dancers, but also to relate to their audience. Right. And to tell a story mm-hmm. through their movement, right? Like when people talk about dance, they they oftentimes keep it separated from theater, which I find to be so bizarre mm. <laughs> because it's for sure. It's all the same. It goes together, right? Like that's why I think theater is important in schools, but I also think more schools need dance programs in their schools. 100%. I, I don't, there's not enough schools anywhere, I don't think, that have dance programs. I mean, we don't, we struggle just to have theater programs, but in addition to theater, I think we need to also have dance programs. It's not a one or the other thing in my mind. I mm-hmm. think it's very important for students to be able to learn how to move, it, you know, and, and it's great exercise and they can work together and they can find different, emo, like, um, stories through culture. I mean, there's so much to learn through dance, right? If you so. think about dance, it's not it's not always just technique. If you think about culture, culture, when we come together for weddings, for parties, what do we do? We turn on music, we move together, we dance, we find the rhythm, we, fi- we count, we feel the beat, we use math, we use physics, we use science to come together and to be to feel connected so when we talk about dance education it's not just this is a tondu this is a plie this is how you leap this is how you turn it's this is how you connect this is how you feel your own body in connection with the music and in connection with the other artists around you it's so much more than that and then when you start to learn patterns and combinations you're giving your brain new skills that can help you in other parts of your education and i know like some people they read they learn some people you tell them things three or four times they understand i I'm a mover. I'm a kinesthetic learner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of students miss out on the opportunity to learn kinesthetically, to learn through movement. I was I was talking about coming on this podcast with my husband and I was saying, you know, I think I was good as a teaching assistant for my science classes in college, not because I understood the material really well and wanted to like 
explain. It was the act of performing being the educator that helped me to understand the material. Like to take the explanations I was given and to turn them around and to be able to perform them back out was how I understood cell biology. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, and you can use it in classes. When I was a science teacher, believe it or not, I was a science teacher <laughs> for three years and I would use dance and I would use theater to teach them science concepts. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, stand up. You're the sun. You're the moon. You do this, you do that. And I'd have them dance around and move around and spin around. And they learned through that, you know, for because sure. they need muscle memory. So important, right? Like you learn how to do something when we're teaching a play to kids, right? You're literally teaching them the play, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing a performance of plays, um, it's that repetition, that muscle memory to learn the lines. Like you, you've got to do it over and over and you've got to feel it in your body. You can't just sit down and memorize the lines. It doesn't, no. that only works for some people. I do have some students that are amazing. They can look at the lines and just, oh, I totally memorized in a minute. Well, that doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> you yeah, got to get me. up on your feet and you've got to repeat it over and over and over again with the same actions over and over and over again for mostly everybody to remember their lines and their parts and everything. Yeah, the, the act of memorization, I, I totally agree, is connected deeply for me to movement and movement pattern. And I will memorize words based off of movement 100%. Yeah, that's how I am too. I'm the same exact way. And even when I was learning just anything, even for grad school, I'm like up on my feet, moving around, like repeating the definitions of these complex <laughs> terms because I needed to be on my feet in order to remember it, you know? So, and and it helped me pass my tests. And so. even beyond memorization too, I'm thinking about just learning lines and thinking about character. Mm-hmm. Like the arts is dance and theater, especially teach you empathy. Totally. You have to step into somebody's shoes. You have to step into your character's shoes. So sometimes it's about self-expression and sometimes it's the expression of the character. And it might be the character may be in a place where the artist is not. And so that level of empathy and that level of understanding of one an- of one another is valuable and important, I think, as we get more on devices and in phones and like uh, yeah. blocked off and siloed, the idea that we can educate students through theater and dance on how to just be better humans is more and more important. Exactly. I totally agree with you. So when you're doing the musical theater classes at Art in Motion, I mean, what are students going to experience in those musical theater courses that you guys are teaching? Well, we try to separate it into three parts. So we work on the the physicality, work on a bit of dance technique, but then there are also classes on vocalization, on um, singing and acting. And that all will culminate in a final performance, just like it will with all of our dancers. And then our musical theater students also have the opportunity to be the MCs for our show. So they come on throughout and they tell anecdotes about students. They talk about our sponsors. They create little skits to go with everything. It's definitely a hit because it offers them an opportunity to flex their improvisational skills as well and their scene building skills. So it's not just about taking information from from the lines, from the book, from the score and learning how to perform it. It's also about creation for them, which I think is really special. Yeah. And, and, and just that public speaking element too, right? They're seeing an event that it ties it all together. That's a really important part. When you go to dance recitals, oftentimes it's just like a dance, another dance, another dance, Mm -hmm. but it's so great when you go to a show and there's like a story being woven together. And there's these moments where there's 
people sharing from the stage. I feel like that's like more theatrical than just dance after dance after dance. 100%. Where do you guys perform? Like, where did you have your recital? This year we had it at the Williston Northampton School. Okay. Um, We've had it at the Academy of Music. We've even had it at Look Park before. Oh, cool. (laughs) That's nice. That's a really cool space for it. Um, I was just thinking, I was like, oh, I haven't seen a concert at Look Park. I need to go check that out. It's such a beautiful outdoor venue. You know, the weather has to be on your side though. (laughs) <laughs> one of these days yeah right I would hate to be like planning a dance recital at Look Park and then have it be rained out that'd be so sad yeah, yeah it rained the day before we were nervous yeah I bet you gotta we just nervous. hope for the best right plan for the worst hope for the best so um yeah I mean have you been I know that you were working kind of around the area doing choreography at the college level for a little bit, weren't you? I was um, adjunct faculty in dance for eight years and the dance team coach for 11 years at Elms College. Okay. Are you not doing that anymore? No, unfortunately, I had to step away from that when I opened the studio and I received an offer to be the dance faculty at the Williston Northampton School. Oh, cool. So now that I'm there, I have more of a little East Hampton focus. Yeah. Building the business has been very time consuming. So yeah, that's great that I mean, I know that that's a private school. Mm-hmm. But having dance at schools is super important. So hopefully we can get more of that. I know a few years ago they were starting to, they were thinking about trying to get some dance in Holyoke, but the conversation kind of trickled away. So hopefully that can I, get started up again. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I have to say, I did enjoy, I worked for the Connections program in Holyoke for a few years teaching dance. Oh, cool. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was an adventure. It was, you know, it was we were given a classroom, like a, not a dance studio. Right. So making it work, the creative challenge of doing that it was was difficult, but worth it when you saw how excited dancers were to have the opportunity to take a class. Yeah, my 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 classroom is the former cooking room at Holyoke High School. Okay. And with no stoves in it, obviously. Um, so it's a little bit larger of a space, but it is challenging to teach these courses in the rooms that are not set up for it. Yes. Right. And I've done a lot of choreography too. Like we did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that I choreographed this year and we were, I was having to make them dance in my classroom before we got downstairs on stage, you know, in the auditorium. Of course, my classroom is the farthest from the auditorium that you can possibly be. So that's not um, convenient, but make it definitely (laughs) when I'm doing a show, I do between 10 and 12 miles of walking a day. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I do think that it's a challenge with dance, especially we need a very specific, very large, wide open space that can't really be used for a lot of other things when it is not being used for dance. That can be a massive challenge. Exactly. Uh, it is. It is a. It is a stumbling block to overcome, but it is surmountable. So I do wish that schools would consider bringing dance in more and working with dance educators to find a healthy and safe way to create a space for it to happen. Putting kids on concrete and hoping for the best is not safe. I've advocated many times. I can't tell you mm-hmm. how many times I've said, um, "Would you have your baseball players run and steal bases in the parking lot?" And they're like, "Well, no. They would. They can't do that on the." asphalt's like well then dancers can't dance on a concrete floor in a basement or in a in a standard classroom with just tile the tile's too slippery would you you know right we, we trying to explain that when you put it into perspective people will hear you and then be like but i don't have the first idea of how we fix it. So I think as dance educators, we need to be creative and be thinking and be resourceful for ourselves and for our students to make sure that they get the right environment 
right? Because that that's a long-term damage on your body. If you're ju- doing jumps on concrete, that's mm-hmm. never, yeah, that's bad for your back and your knees. Mm-hmm. So, but we've all done it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've all been there. And so yeah. we speak from experience. Right, exactly. Like, Friends, if you want dance to come, we want to work with you to find the right space. It can't exactly. just be any space. But we, like, I really do think that dance educators want to reach as many people as they can. And so we will, we'll work with you. <laughs> I think it's interesting when schools you have dance as a gym option. I think that's a great mm-hmm. gym option because some kids don't want to play basketball or run around on a field, but they want to connect with the music and mm-hmm. movement and, you know, cultural dancing in a lot of cases. You know, we've had um, in Holyoke, there was a program for a little while where they were doing um, Latino-based dance styles and after-school program. And I thought that was really great. They haven't done that in a couple of years, but I would love for that to be like actual class kids could take during the day you know absolutely i think that when we when we leave dance yes you can start there you can start with gym gym class Mm -hmm. it's a good it's a good door in as an athletic but when we look at dance and theater and what they can contribute there is so much academically that they can provide for our students that it it should be we should be looking at dance as being as important as math I agree completely. They they do similar things. Yes, math, science, English, standard academic courses. They offer you a, they offer you skills that are valuable throughout your life. So does dance. I think we've proved it through our conversation already mm-hmm. so far. Like there is so much that we when I when I teach dance, I'm not always looking to create professional dancers. I don't think every single kid that walks out the door is going to step onto Broadway stage or be in American Ballet Theater, but I think that they're going to be organized, dedicated, smart, proficient, athletic. Work well with others. Yes, team builders, people with empathy, people who know how to regulate and control their own emotions, have their own personal emotional intelligence. I feel like dancers are well-rounded humans and also patrons of the arts. Who's gonna come see the dance performance? Who's gonna come see the legible bodies if there aren't a bunch of dancers who thoroughly enjoy their dance experience who are now accountants and swimmers and plumbers and doctors who loved their experience and understand the importance of art and what it did for them and will then come and buy the ticket and show up. Yeah, like, we need to keep the the cycle going. For sure. And art is just super important in our just culture. We need to keep it all around us at all times. So um, do you have any recommendations for schools that might be considering? I know that you've worked in some schools. Um, what, what do you think schools should consider if they're thinking about starting a dance program? I think that schools need to look for educators who are creative outside the box thinkers. I think that you need someone who's willing to be patient and to help start something from the ground up to be creative in their methods um, because we might be on the concrete floor for a month or two until we can get into the gymnasium until we can get into building a proper dance facility there's a lot of steps that take that have to happen and i think that finding someone who's going to be patient and be creative and helping to start out the program is super important if you don't have anything like that um i also think that you should look at your facility and ask yourself the question of like, how can we integrate dance into the curriculum and not just have it be this other, this over there option Mm -hmm. where you don't have to do it. It's just sort of 
hanging out over there if it's someone elective, you're interested. Right. people have no idea i was at i was reading an article um yesterday about um a dance program that was integrated into the new york city public schools where it was required it was just required there was no choice it was okay everybody same as you took math same as you just took physics you are now going to all take ballroom dance and there were kids that didn't want to do it they were highly opposed three months in realizing that they have a knack for it loving it seeing the truancy rates drop seeing the insubordination mm -hmm. fade away because they have this anchor they found something that grounds them and that's so important totally. and so i think not making it solely an elective but at some point making it a requirement that everyone dip a toe in yeah, I was just having a chat with some former students and they were saying, I said, you know, what's what advice can you give to a student that's on the fence about trying out theater? And they jokingly, but seriously meant they said, if your friend forces you to do it, just do it because you're going to find out that you really love it. You know, For because sure. some of them got forced into it because their friends like, come on, you're coming with me yep. or whatever. Or I forced them to audition for a play because they were in my theater class and they're like, I don't want to. And I'm like, you're coming auditions. But then now they love it. And even if they're not going to go into it as a career, they support it. They want to go to plays. They want to be contributing to the arts community still, even if that's not what they're doing professionally. And you that's know? the word. You just said it. It's a community. We bring people into the experience and they feel like they belong. You've given them so much more. If they, I, I was never, I was never an athlete. I played soccer. I played basketball. I was never very good at it. I was never really part of the team. But when I went to dance, I always felt like I was part of the team. That was my space. And I was lucky enough that I was dropped into it at a young age by my mother. But not every kid has that opportunity and right. at like schools, you are the people who can go, no, you're going to go do this now. Like you've got, we've got a captive audience. You've got all these kids who are there to learn. Now it's like, you're going to learn this way today. No kid woke up and said, mom, I really think I want to go to math. I really to go today. to math class. But there are kids who just love reading, but they learned because they were, they went to school, they were exposed to reading, exactly. they were exposed to books. Like schools have that opportunity to give think, kids things that they would never seek out for themselves. And so it's our, it's our job to make sure that they get to see a little bit of everything so that they can understand what things they want to keep and foster. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. More arts in schools, please. 100%. <laughs> More arts, because it's true. When I'm doing a show, the attendance of the students that are in the show is really good because I have a contract with them. But once that show's over, if a kid is not going to come to school or they're going to use being tired as an excuse to skip, maybe, um, I see that rate go down. And then mm -hmm. I'm on the phone with them like, okay, it's time to come back to school now. So trying to keep kids engaged in those programs just around the school year. It's super important. You know, when I've shows end, I start another show the next week <laughs> because I'm just keeping kids completely involved the whole entire time. It is exhausting For as sure. you're well aware, <laughs> but um, it's super worth it because the, the, out, the outcome is really positive and I get to involve tons of students and just want to do more. I want to do more of that. So it's great that you're doing that in East Hampton with Art in Motion. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thanks for coming in today. I will be posting the links for your social media online but Wonderful. if you want to say it in one more time for people that are listening art in motion 413 that is us 
at dot com, at Instagram, at Facebook, Art in Motion 413. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Noel, for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to see a show coming up. For sure. There'll be a few. Yay. This has been Spotlight On. Spotlight On is produced at Holyoke Media in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Spotlight On is a resource for all things theater education, from lesson planning to how to produce a show on a budget, fundraising, teaching ELL students, inclusivity in the theater classroom, professional development, and so much more. Tune in each week for a new guest in the Spotlight that will share all things theater education. 